0: I hereby introduce to you, Mr. Michael Veazey. Welcome back. I'm really delighted to have back on the show one of the most helpful um, guests we've ever had and, and very, very popular guy um, because of his great knowledge and his very sort of generous sharing as well. And that man is Greg Mercer of Jungle Scout fame. Greg, welcome back.
1: Michael, thank you for having me back. It is always a blast to chat with you and I'm excited to be here.
0: Fantastic. So, um... Uh, Absolutely. I I love this American can-do thing, you know, so everyone's like always stoked to do stuff and yeah, it's a blast and like, (laughs) people like, hello, how are you? Yes, (laughs) that's the best I guess. (laughs) So uh, nice to have that American Uh, can-do. Great. uh, yeah, it's sunny today, but it's really cold and miserable generally, so January is the time we need a boost, so you're the man to give that, so first all right, of all, um, Greg, a lot of people obviously have heard of you, and many, many of us use Jungle Scout, and fact, a lot of people use Jungle Scout, haven't connected up the fact that Greg Mercer is the man who started it all off, so for those of us who haven't come across you, uh, can you just give a, a sort of potted history of you and how you came to be selling on Amazon and developing all these wonderful tools?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So actually I started out, I went to university uh, to be a civil engineer. I started that path. I didn't like it. I worked for this corporate company. It wasn't fulfilling. So I started selling on Amazon to like break free of my day job. So I started as a side hustle. I was able to build it up enough uh, to quit my day job and just focus selling on FBA. I did that full time for, I think like two years. And then um, one of the biggest pain points that I had with like growing my FBA business was, Uh, not knowing which products to add. So, you know, for any of those um, listeners who are selling on Amazon, you probably know, like, the easiest way to scale one of these FBA businesses is just to add more SKUs. Like, it's difficult to get, like, individual products selling a lot more, but if you want to grow, you just need more products. So you can just, like, rinse and repeat. Uh, So my problem was, I just didn't quite know, like, which products to add. You know, I had, like, a limited amount of cash I could spend on new products, so I really wanted the ones I could, like, the maximum amount of ROI on, uh, to you know, help me to continue to grow this business. So that's how Jungle Scout was born. I kind of took um, my data-driven mind, like the data in me from my entrepreneur or my uh, engineering days. Um, I really like you know, crunch down all those numbers. I built this software, and then I originally it was originally actually just built in like a pretty like janky form uh, just for myself to use. And we ended up refining it and then uh, selling it to the public as well. And I guess the rest is kind of history. So uh, then where I'm at today. I actually still sell on Amazon. I still actually just, uh, I've released a few new products these past few months, um, as well as I'm working on Jungle Scout and then Jungle Scout has actually expanded into a suite of tools for Amazon sellers. So we have Jungle Scout which is the product research tool. We have Jump Send which is a deal site to help you get additional sales as well as an email uh, follow up uh, sequence. Um, we also have Splitly, which is an A/B testing tool for Amazon sellers, as well as Fetcher, which is profit analytics. Calculates how much money you're really making after refunds and promos and PPC and all those numbers that Amazon likes to hide from you. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at today.
0: Fantastic. Well, I know we're going to have some uh, some of your colleagues in from Fetcher and, and Splitly at um, future date, which I'm really looking forward to um, getting deep into those because I think, as exactly like you say, there's an awful lot of figures that Amazon hides from us, and that can get oh, yeah, pretty I'm complex. Sure. <laughs> Trying to work out how much profit you can make it can be a full time job. I remember once I was a meet up of fellow Amazon sellers, and one of the guys had literally been up since four in the morning doing his accounts trying to work out what the hell his profit was he literally had a nosebleed in front of us
1: because of the stress <laughs> oh, induced man. by him.
0: I mean it was literally uh, giving him a nosebleed so it's Yeah, what you
1: talking about help. fetcher
0: oh <laughs> yeah so that could be the answer to some prayers i can tell you but so backing up though, so let's let's talking let's talk right about the one thing which bugs everybody when they're starting out and it still bugs me which is finding products to sell so what is absolutely. How the hell do you start? So, what is your just putting, keeping the asking the dumbest questions? And normally, I find the ones that are still the ones that bug me. What is your very first starting point to find a new product line on Amazon?
1: Yeah, really good question. Um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners shared the same pain point. You know, it's like they know how good of an opportunity selling on Amazon is. It's just like, what the heck do I sell, right? Um, so, if we just uh, back up a little bit, maybe look at it from a 10,000 foot view. The best products to sell on Amazon are ones where there's existing demand. This means that Amazon shoppers are already going to amazon.com or .co.uk, typing in what they want and looking for it, okay? There's already people trying to buy this product on Amazon. We don't have to try to create this demand. It already exists, okay? We just wanna give the people what they want. Um, So we want something that already has existing demand. We want something that's relatively low competition. All right, those are like the two main things. We want something that has good margins. We don't want to only be making three percent margin on this product that we after we put into all the work. Um, so those would be the main things, and then other. Uh, I guess they're important, but um, maybe like smaller things I maybe look at a little bit later is like to make sure they don't infringe on um, uh, like any patents. Um, to make sure they don't need to be like licensed. So like a lot of people don't think about that one, but like you can't sell something with like your favorite sports team on it or like Mickey Mouse on it or whatever else, because those are like, uh, those are licensed uh, trademarks, you know, those are trademarks that you can't use without them being licensed. And like a Chinese factory will gladly print Mickey Mouse on something for you, however, like you're infringing on Disney's trademark when you do that, right? So that's important. I personally try to stay away from anything that I think could potentially be like high liability so if it's like likely that people can hurt themselves with this item, I personally like to stay away from it. Um, and then one last one is items that are smaller or lighter weight are generally um, just kind of all around like less headaches, like they're easier to ship, um, you don't have to worry about oversized storage limits which usually start out fairly small. Um, so those are kind of like the main things I look at. I want existing demand, not too much competition, good margins, um, no legal issues, um, and then smaller, lighter, uh, simpler items are generally easier or better. So that's that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking at a product, right? So if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, "Okay, great, like I understand that that all makes sense." But like, so where do I go from here? <laughs> like, how do I find that product? <laughs> um, so. Um, you know, of course, like Jungle Scout was invented to kind of solve that pain point to be able to do this for you. But real quick, I can just talk about like the manual way. If you, you know, because I don't want to try to sit here and sell Jungle Scout to you. Um, the manual way, some areas you can look for ideas would be uh, like the Amazon bestsellers page. Um, that's a good spot to see like what's selling well. Um, you can see you can get ideas from maybe like Pinterest, like what's being pinned a lot. Oftentimes you can just get ideas by hanging out like in big cities where trends usually like start first. Um, you know, so probably like in London, you know, you'd see new trends first there then out in the countryside, right? Um, and then, so those would be like some good places, right? So then you can come up with a list of product ideas. Um, and then if you go to jungle, or excuse me, if you go to Amazon, there's actually a totally free way to find out how well any product sells and that you can click on a listing Um, you can look at the best sellers rank on that listing. Like 99% of Amazon listings have them. You'll you'll scroll down, it's under the product details section. And then if you go to junglescout.com slash estimator, it's a totally free tool. You don't have to put in your email address or anything. Uh, You can enter that best sellers rank and it will give you um, an estimated amount of units that that product sells on a monthly basis. So right away then, you can understand how uh, how much demand there is for that product.
0: Great, okay, well, so that's quite a lot to take in. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's break that down a little bit for people who are starting out. And also one of the things that strikes me, I and mean, it's the same with anyone who's mastered any area, my, my background's a musician, in fact, my partner's practicing the piano as we speak. Uh, they're really sharp-eared amongst you. you, might just be able to hear that. But mm-hmm. again, it comes down to basics and getting the basics mastered rather than trying to get too clever. So let's let's break it back down. So. Sounds I'm going to right. come back on the patents and license question because I think that's an important one that's not easy to answer. But let's first of all look at demand. When you okay. say you want demand, and you know moderate or you know low competition, can you define that in some way? Can you put some numbers on that? And how do you find that out?
1: Absolutely. So um, let's start with demand. So demand, like we said, we want to look for products that are already selling well on Amazon. Okay. I see like uh, a beginner mistake sometimes that they just kind of like know in their gut that this product is gonna sell well if it gets on Amazon. And uh, a small percentage of the time you might be right, but more often than not, people are wrong. It's much safer and much less risky to just sell what's already selling well on Amazon. These people are already buying it, all right? Um, so when I say existing demand, I wanna see like a few thousand units every month. So let's just say 2,000 units every month already being sold on Amazon, okay? so. The way I can figure that out, I can click, so um, let's use an example, I'm drinking coffee right now, so we'll say coffee cup. (laughs) Um, So if I search coffee cup on Amazon, all right, I click on uh, like the top 10 listings or however many listings are relevant, so maybe there's eight listings there that are all selling coffee cups. I can click on each one of those listings, this is if you don't have Jungle Scout, um, you can click on each of those listings, you can go down, you can look in the product details and look at the best sellers rank. And this is a number that Amazon gives us that is uh, very helpful for us because this tells us how well this product's selling. All right, so the best sellers rank by itself is very difficult to um, understand what that means. It's gonna be a number like 18,354. Um, however, what we've done at jungle Scouts, we've created a um, Algorithms to estimate how many units are being sold every month based off that number. So these change on a daily or a weekly basis. Uh, we have a full-time data scientist who's always updating these. So don't try to do it yourself. Just plug it into our free tool. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, just take the bestsellers rank, slash estimator. You can plug the number in there, and then you know how many units are being sold every month. Okay. So. Okay. So before if we I move on. Up, yeah. I was going to say, if you add those up, that's what we're looking for, like the total demand, um, if I added up like those top eight listings or top ten listings. So like the niche as a whole has good demand.
0: Okay. Sorry to interrupt there, Greg. One question yeah, that has no come up for quite a lot of people, and I haven't personally found this, I have to say, uh, is that they find... Uh, I just want to ask about the number of units per month question. I've got two questions around that that seem to come up quite a lot. First of all, uh, let's just deal with Jungle Scout versus... Um, uh, other sources of data. So if people uh-huh. sell their own products, then I guess they have pretty reliable data themselves quite a lot of people come to me and say that They find there's sometimes a bit of a mismatch between what Jungle Scout is estimating as the number of units sold per Month on uh-huh. their particular product and this st- the figures they're seeing themselves now Obviously they haven't really given me enough information to make any judgment on that But I wanted to ask you about that and what that might indicate or you know, how you know, what what's that about and what's yeah. your Solution. Yeah, this
1: is a really good question, I'm glad you asked it. Um, so real quick let's talk about how we derive these algorithms to uh, estimate the sales. What we do is we collect in each particular category, um, depending on the category between like 200 to 500,000 data points um, every month for a particular category. And this is the relationship between uh, unit sales, so sales for that day compared to what the rank was on that day. Okay. We graph them, and then we, reg- uh, there's a little bit more like some data cleaning and stuff, but um, then we run a regression analysis, and we come up with like a line of best fit to um, to estimate the sales based off the rank, okay? So that's what we do, uh, you know, we have a data scientist that's always doing this, always refining them. Um, the best sellers rank, it, changes on like an hourly basis, okay? So, um, what the best seller's rank is, is like the top selling product in that category, it'll be ranked number one, That's what will be its best selling rank, the 10th uh, best selling product will be number 10, and so on. Okay, so, um, when we estimate sales, you have to keep in mind that, uh, you can think about it like this. So, if the product continues to sell as well or as poorly as it has been, for we'll say the past couple days, this is how many units it would sell in a month, all right? Um, So, if your product, let's say for instance, a week ago was selling 10 units a day, but this week it's only selling one unit, you know, this week it's only been selling one unit a day, Jungle Scout's gonna estimate that it's gonna be doing more like the one month, the one unit a day, okay? So maybe it would say like 30 units a month, maybe a little, maybe 40 units a month. so I think that's where like a lot of people are like, wait a second, it's a little bit lower, or a little bit higher, or whatever you know. Because last week I was selling five a day, this week only selling one a day. So this month I'm going to sell 60, but Jungle Scout's only selling me 30. Um, so that's kind of like how it works. It's it's the best that we can do based off the information that Amazon gives us. They're very secretive about this data, you know. Um, so. Yeah, when it comes down to it, you know, a lot of people say like, okay, like for my product, it was 10% low. um, So, you know, you should uh, take all Jungle Scout estimates and remove 10%. It's like, well, that's actually not true. Like if you look at our regression analysis, there's some points that that are below the line, there's some points above the line. We're taking the average of hundreds of thousands of products in that particular category. So your one product, it may not fall exactly on that line, but if you average the whole category, it is, you know, that is like the median. So it, it's yeah. like the best, we, you know, uh, the best the seller is going to be able to get off the the data that Amazon gives us.
0: Great. Thank you for explaining that. And I think what's important is that people put, I think this is one of those things about tools. People put too much faith in tools. I mean, for example, I'm a really poor visual artist. So you could give me the best paintbrush and the best paints and the best canvas in the world, but I would still produce a gobbledygook picture. So <laughs> I think it's very important to understand your tools. And I think what you've just said is, is, um, you know explains things to me as well that the fact that it, basically the BSR is what you base it off because that is the most reliable statistic however uh, or rather uh, data input basically but it sort of goes up and down sometimes like a yo-yo and and uh, therefore you're going to see variation so presumably if, you, if it's based on two or three days data then you should check that number or even whether it's the BSR or the Jungle Scout sort of interpretation of it um, a, a, you know once a week for a couple of weeks if you're serious about a product would that be a solution for example?
1: Yeah, you can do that absolutely. Um, okay,
0: makes a lot of uh, sense.
1: Yeah, one thing that I was gonna add in is just say, um, the, uh, the other thing about it, like you said, people kind of get like caught up a little bit too much in the tools. So keep in mind, like this is still an estimate. Like the reason we're looking at these sales estimates is to understand, like, okay, does this product sell ten a month, or is it a hundred a month, or is it a thousand a month? You know, um, and it it's definitely plenty accurate enough to let you know, like ballpark, what range you know of this product's selling, like maybe Jungle Scout will estimate 900 units a month. In reality, it might be 800 or it might be 1,000, but you know it's in that range, right? Our Jungle Scout might estimate 50 units a month. In reality, it might be 40 or 65, but you know like what range we're talking about there, which helps you with forecasting. It helps you understand if there is good demand in there.
0: Yeah. So as you say, it's a tool design, which is designed to help you pick products and, or maybe to forecast demand for your own sort of category, even when you're selling. But that's what it is. It's not a, it's not a, what's the word? It's not like a, a tool for, um, actually analyzing what's going on in reality because i mean once you're selling a product in any case you get your own figures right so now i just want to pick up on one other thing which is the idea of 2,000 units a month because as we all know if you've sold for more than a year on amazon you know that you know i've got a product where for example on cyber monday it sold 103 units i seem to remember it's now the same product uh, is now selling about four or five units a day so obviously the per month idea is a bit of a sort of fiction slash average so how do you try and account for that particularly relevant at this time of year when the sales volumes across the board tend to be low unless it's you know very specific products like health related products when everyone realizes they've got fat over Christmas (laughs) and and have a health kick but apart from that how do you deal with that whole thing when you're trying to forecast demand for a product
1: yeah so this is difficult right um One tool that really helps me out quite a bit is Google Trends. So Google Trends will show you how a a particular search term has trended, now keep in mind this is on Google, over the years and seasons, okay? And this is like a fairly good gauge um, on how items are gonna trend on Amazon as well. So for example, with my, a lot of people know I did a case study on selling like bamboo and marshmallow sticks publicly on Amazon, they're called Jungle Sticks. Um, and if you look at Google Trends, uh, we actually have a year's worth of data now. And if you look at Google Trends, it actually matches up really nicely with um, how the seasonality has gone for our particular marshmallow sticks. So like December to February, or I think maybe January to February is the slowest time. Uh, middle of the summer, like July, uh, in August, those are like the highest times, and if you look back at our sales for the past year, um, that actually matches up. So, um, I guess to, so. That's a good indicator to help you understand, like, okay, is this a low season right now, or is it a high season? Kind of like what you said about the health stuff. Right now, if I were to um, look at uh, yoga on Google Trends, I'm sure it'd be peaked like right after New Year's. You know, um, so that helps. Regarding like the 2,000 units per month. Um, that's a really good question. So the reason I use like 2,000 or 3,000 units a month like total demand is because I found people that like the answer like, it depends, right? That's like, that's too arbitrary, for, like, especially if you're a beginner. Like, wait a second, it depends? Does that mean 100 units a month or 10,000 units a month? Um, so like, at the end of the day, we're really looking for something that has like the biggest spread between demand and competition. We want like the lowest amount of competition with the highest amount of demand. Just most beginners, they need like some hard numbers to actually go off of instead of just saying like, okay, it depends. Like, you just want lots of demand with little competition. That's too arbitrary for someone like starting out. Um, so, like, two thousand units per month is a really good like uh, point to start on. You know, like, look for a niche that's already selling two thousand units total. You know, between all the listings, like per month, that's somewhere really good. To, like, get you started, and then you can kind of go from there.
0: Great. So now, if you wanted to take the idea of 2000 units a month with say that the product that i was selling in december that did whatever 1200 units in six weeks and is looking like it's on track to do uh i don't know 300 units maybe in january so it, it, the the demand has sort of dropped to a third or a quarter of the the pre-christmas demand so would i then take the january and just Dece- would i take the january figures and kind of look at google trends and go well i could probably get this to be double in a in the normal months, say February, March, April, May. My experience is as you'd expect, you know, it goes in, in December, it goes completely nuts, and then it drops off a cliff in January and then it sort of steadies back out the rest of the year. And I don't know if that's typical for every single product, but the ones that I've sold. So would you try and take account of that when you're forecasting if you're trying to sell something say in April and you're looking at your research now and gonna order it and do your negotiation and then get it on a boat or air, depend what you want to do.
1: Um, yeah, so I'll answer this as if I was a complete uh, beginner I was looking to sell my first product on Amazon, I wouldn't worry about all that yet, okay? Like that's um, uh, definitely like a little bit like of a higher level strategy and I think a lot of times like beginners can like get stuck with like paralysis analysis, right? Like I don't know if I should sell this because like the, the seasonality kind of dips in July or whatever, like that's getting kind of complicated. Like if you, if you don't have your first product on Amazon yet, I'd say like just start by just trying to find your first product and just get it up there and you can learn the rest later. If you already have your products on there and you're trying to figure out forecasting, then um, that is a good idea. So um, two good sources are Google Trends and the other one is Keepa. So Keepa has a really nice database that's free of how sales rank has trended over the past. Like A lot of products have like two years of data, so it's pretty solid. Um, So you can look at that and see how the sales rank has trended through the months or seasons as well as Google Trends, and you can try to start estimating how well your product's gonna sell. I, personally, I think a little, on some products, I think it's like a little bit like, um, kind of like common sense. Let's say if we're selling like a, a lawn care product, it's like okay, that makes sense that in the summer months it's gonna do the best. Um, other products, like to be honest with you, like marshmallow sticks, I don't think I really knew, to be honest with you, like what months would be the best. So that's when like Google Trends or Keepa can really help you out. Um, so yeah, that and then you can try, okay, it's like, okay, Google Trends says there's about twice as much search volume in the summer months. Let me order a little bit of extra inventory right now because you know I'm predicting that sales are gonna be higher this summer.
0: Great, so let's talk about the, so we looked about the demand stuff and you said we want a nice spread between demand and competition, which as you said is quite abstract, so it's nice to put numbers on it. Uh, how do you measure competition and particularly, tell me about reviews, I guess, are gonna be important, but also what other factors are important?
1: Absolutely, so reviews um, are the, uh, a great indicator of competition. Um, so that's probably like the main thing that we look at, and I'll give you some numbers for that in a second. Um, the other thing to gauge competition is just the quality of your competitors' listings. So if they have a really poor quality listing, you know, like one picture, like this really short, crappy title, um, then that's gonna be someone who's much easier to outrank Uh, in the organic search results than is someone who has like really good listing that you think probably converts really well, okay? So the first thing I look for is how many reviews they have. Um, So older, more mature products that have been consistently selling well um, are harder to outrank on Amazon. We don't know everything that goes into uh, Amazon search algorithms, but that one's pretty easy to say. if a product's been selling really well on Amazon for a couple years, whatever, that's gonna be a harder product to outrank in the organic search results, all right? Um, So a great indicator of how uh, mature a listing is is how many reviews it has, because any product naturally on Amazon that sells well after it's been around for a while is gonna have a lot of reviews. So the number of reviews is a good indicator of if it's been selling well uh, historically and how long the listing's been around. so, because of that, like a product uh, listing with a thousand reviews is going to be harder to outrank than a product that, or a listing that only has like fifteen reviews. So, again, a rule of thumb, and mind you, this is a rule of thumb that have come up just because I know no one likes the "it depends" <laughs> answer, is I like in the top ten results, I like to see two or three, maybe four listings that have under fifty reviews. That would signify to me that this is a relatively immature niche, that you know these listings that are relatively young have, uh, are ranking well. Um, and because of that, like, I can probably, from that you can probably decide that, okay, you'll be able to rank up in some of those top positions and because of that get organic sales, which at the end of the day is what we're all after. So that's a great way to gauge uh, competition
0: okay so now tell me a little bit about so you've you've talked about the number of reviews which obviously is important in some ways and it indicates to the general public who's shopping um, that it's sort of a mature listing and often it is if they are organic reviews um, but tell me about the relationship between the uh, average review and the number of reviews i mean i've had some interesting experiences for example i had a product that um, i had up in the states presumably these these numbers are for the states right that you're talking about in the usa
1: yeah, um, okay. they could probably be adjusted uh, for the UK. Yeah, I just, I don't have uh, any personal experience selling there.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Well, but I mean, this was in the USA. So I had a product which had, I think, 22 reviews. It was something like 4.9 star average um, review. And I, I just, to be honest, in the post, we'll talk about launch later, but... Uh, In the post, you know, terms of service review, what the hell do we do to launch? I just simply put the price low, um, cranked up pay-per-click and then brought down pay-per-click and brought the price up over, you know, about a week or two. And um, with 22 reviews, it was selling, yeah, I don't know how many units a day it was selling, but it was around the equivalent of 900 a month. Now Uh that's quite interesting to me because quite a few products in that niche had seven or 800 stars in on the front page, at least for some of the main keywords, right? It was a somewhat niche down product. but. Is that an experience that is a one-off or is that something that has a relevance? Do you think that the average review can be taken into account of? And if so, how do you sort of make the numbers work? And again, this might not be a, something for the because it might be a bit confusing, but it's something that I've noticed that needs to be
1: yeah. looked at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could chat with you this stuff, uh, about this stuff all day. So again, I'd say like if you're a complete beginner, you don't have your first product on there yet. I'd say your focus should still just be getting that first product up on Amazon, but let's chat about this a little bit more advanced uh, topic real quick. Um, A few things that I can say for sure about Amazon's um, organic ranking is they take into account, uh, the number one thing is keyword relevancy, so the the product has to be relevant to whatever search term people uh, search for. The sales velocity, sure without a doubt that that probably makes up at least 50% of the sales algorithm so or the ranking algorithm so that would mean like how how many units is product selling a day is this the sales velocity um, I'd say another major factor is the conversion rate of your particular listing okay so what goes into your sales velocity and your conversion rate is then tons of things right that would be like how good your pictures are what the price is. Um, How many you know? How much social proof you have, which comes in the form of reviews, maybe picture reviews. Um, It's also um, what the the average star rating is for your listing, right? All those things go into your conversion rate and your sales velocity. Um, So, if you're competing against other listings that have like a poor average star rating, like if their average is three and a half and your average is four and a half, your products probably gonna have a higher conversion rate than your competitor, even though you have less reviews, right? But um, in, in my opinion, like you still have more social proof. I would rather buy a product on Amazon that has 22 uh, reviews that averages four and a half stars, than the one who has 3,000 reviews but it has like three and a half stars, right? You know, Personally, I would rather get the one that has a higher star rating. So that definitely goes into a, um, you know, into your conversion rate when actual natural shoppers are on there. Um, so, yeah, does that answer your question a little bit? Like, so ranking is going to depend on a lot more things. But, you know, like if we're starting out, if we're just looking for our first product, that gets like a lot to kind of like take in to choose that first product.
0: Great. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I'm also conscious that we've got different people listening to the podcast and watching the the videos these days that some people are just starting out and some people just get overwhelmed. I think even, you know, even like I'm some great, you know, guru, but I certainly still get overwhelmed by analysis. So I I think it's a very good thing to say, just keep it as simple as you can. The only thing is every so often something so striking to me that. You know, I have to kind of take account of that fact, and that was one of the things that struck me. There, so um, I think average review is something that I would take account of when I'm looking at the competition because it, in my personal experience of selling products, even if it goes down from say 4.9 average to 4.6, sometimes the conversion rate seems to halve, which is quite harsh. So it certainly doesn't make a difference.
1: Yeah, I'll just add something to that real quick. You know, it's like with 4.9 stars, uh, visually Amazon's still showing you like five out of five stars, like on their little star meter, right? Once you get to four, let's see, 4.7. At 4.7, they only show you four and a half stars. So all of a sudden, like visually, you know, if you're just looking at it, there's only four and a half stars instead of five, which is gonna, again, definitely gonna make a difference on conversion rate. So, like you said, when you're gauging competition, um, you know, I said the easiest thing is just number of reviews, uh, and then the second thing that would be like the quality of listings. And in the quality of listings, I take into account the average star review you know and like how many uh yeah the average star review and then like all those other things i said the the pictures the quality of the listing the titles bullet points all that jazz